I'm Rene Ritchie, and while you may think your iPhone is waterproof, your any phone really, it isn't. It's not even really water resistant. Not for all water, not all the time. It's, it's complicated. But in this video, I'm gonna to explain to you why that is, what you can do about it, and most importantly, what Apple could do about it with the iPhone 12, or the iPhone after that. I'll even throw in a Shyamalan twist at the end, a good one from one of the first films. And I'm gonna do all of that right now. Sponsored by Brilliant. For everything you need to know about Apple's upcoming iPhone 12s, so many of them, so much, slap that subscribe button and bell, and let's do this. Water resistance is technically particulate and liquid ingress protection. In other words, any kind of dust or debris, coffee or cola or whatever. But for most people, most of the time, the high order bit is this, water resistance. Meaning, if my phone or other device gets rained on or spilled on, splashed or doused, dropped in the sink or toilet, pool or lake, Will it die like Sean Bean's character in pretty much everything ever? Or will it somehow manage to survive like Mr. Bean? Everything ever. Because it can legit be the difference between having to make an Apple Care Plus or insurance claim, paying for a costly repair or even more costly recovery or replacement, or just renting it off, drying it out, and going about your day. Now, there is a system that supposedly classifies and certifies levels of water resistance, the IP or ingress protection, sometimes called international protection standard. And I say supposedly because it costs money to get certified. So not all companies do it for all devices. And some of the classifications are left open for the companies themselves to set. And lastly, just because a device has a certain level of water resistance doesn't mean it resists all water or all liquids equally. And that it'll even maintain that level of resistance over time because, and I know you knew this was coming, resistance is futile. Now, some phones aren't water resistant at all. Yeah, even in 2020. For example, the first few foldable phones, the ones we've seen from Samsung and Motorola, the Fold and the Flip and the Razer, they use hinge and screen technology that just simply can't be made water resistant at this time. And I'm curious, does that even matter to you? Let me know in the comments. Other phones are physically, technically water resistant in every possible way, but just not certified or marketed as such. For example, with the iPhone 6S, Apple used seals and gaskets that added a considerable amount of water resistance to the device. But Apple never went through the process to get an IP rating and never even announced that as a feature. It was just a test to see how well those seals and gaskets would work to reduce damage and support incidents. But then Apple used the results and the data to improve the process and make the iPhone 7 officially, certifiably, marketably water resistant. More on that in a hot 3.5 millimeter headphone jack minute. And just last month, OnePlus decided not to go to the expense of certifying the brand new OnePlus Nord, even though they went to all the trouble of making it that way an IP68 rating in a phone, for example, how much extra does that cost? Yeah, so this is a really interesting topic and it's quite complicated. So for us, it costs around uh, $15 for each phone to do the IP certification. So for the OnePlus Nord, we, we chose to not do it. So then what do those certifications even mean? And what does any of this have to do with the iPhone 12? Unlike the iPhone 6S with the iPhone 7, Apple did certify and market it as water resistant. Up on stage, in the keynote, the whole tempo bit, IP67 to be specific. With the iPhone XS, Apple took that resistance even further to IP68. And with the iPhone 11 Pro, to an even better IP68. Secret decoder ringing just all of that out. IP is the ingress protection scale I mentioned at the beginning. Six is a particulate rating and seven or eight is the liquid rating. Particulate is really straightforward. 
Six is as high as you can go. And it means basically that it's dust tight. Dust can't enter, even in a vacuum. The liquid scale is way wonkier. It goes up to nine, but the numbers aren't cumulative. So you don't have to pass a lower one for say stream or jet protection just to pass a higher one. And it kind of zigzags along the way. And seven means it's protected against immersion in water up to one meter at normal pressure for 30 minutes. But eight, eight basically means whatever the hell the company making it wants it to mean. For the iPhone XS and iPhone 11, Apple wanted it to mean two meters for up to 30 minutes. And for the iPhone 11 Pro, four meters for 30 minutes. Now, there's just a lot that needs to be explained here. First, water isn't just water, it's plain water. If the water has something else in it, like salt from the ocean, chlorine from a pool, sugars from coffee or cola, acid from orange or lemon, the risk of damage, like corrosion, just soars. So if anything but plain pure water gets in contact with your phone, you'll need to rinse it off with plain pure water and stat, then dry it off and leave it to dry, regardless of what kind of water or liquid. Because second, the more ports a device has, the harder it is to make that device truly water resistant. Apple may have deleted the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, but there's still a SIM card tray and lightning port. And if you get your device wet, then pull out the card or plug into the port, well, you can still get really nasty results. So seriously, after your stuff gets wet, let it dry before you use it. Third, just because something is rated for up to one, two or four meters at normal pressure for 30 minutes, doesn't mean it'll immediately fail if it's immersed deeper, stronger, or longer. Odds are, it might be just fine. But that's what you're playing. The odds, sure. We've all seen articles and videos about iPhones being lost in basically the Mariana Trench and then recovered from the belly of a Jason Stratham box office bombing Megalodon and in perfect working order. Selfies and everything, just intact. And by that, I mean the bottom of a river by a trout fisher, but still the selfies and whatever intact. It happens just enough to keep making headlines. But seals and gaskets break down under deeper, stronger, or longer exposure, even just over time, especially if they've also been dropped or knocked or exposed to other substances during that time. Dunk it once, should be fine. Multiple times even, maybe no problem at all. But one time, any one time, water could get in, salt, sugar, acid especially, and the protection could fail. And then your phone could fail right along with it. Which is why Apple and other companies market the water resistance as a feature, not as a guarantee, meaning it's not typically covered under the warranty. So if you bring it in and it's been damaged by water, those little pink tattletale spots inside will just light up bright as neon to let them know. And then if you don't have Apple Care Plus or similar insurance, you'll be on the hook for the repair or replacement, maybe even recovery if you don't have a backup and really, really need that data. So yeah, seriously, try not to get your phones wet and dry them off carefully and thoroughly if and when you do. But I hear you, I totally hear you. That's all the stuff you can do. What about what Apple can do with the iPhone 12 and beyond? Okay, so the simplest way Apple could improve iPhone water resistance this year is just to repeat what they did last year. In other words, just like they brought the higher end iPhone XS's two meters of water resistance to the entry-level iPhone 11, they could bring the higher end iPhone 11 Pro's four meters of water resistance to the entry-level iPhone 12. That would give better protection to even more people. And if they really wanna keep the Pro more Pro, they could also jack up the new higher end iPhone 12 Pro's water resistance to, well, keep it on top, like six meters maybe. I mean, it's still just a buffer, 
but a bigger buffer. But because it's IP68, it's really just a matter of Apple deciding how confident they are in their implementation and then testing and certifying against it, which is really, really just a matter of Apple deciding how much of a marketing differentiator, how much of a customer attraction point better water resistance really is at this point. In other words, how much it matters to us. I mean, Apple gave it stage time last year, so obviously it's high on the list, but it's high enough on the list for Apple to give it stage time or rather camera time in 2020. Let me know what you think in the comments. The other option is more extreme. The original Apple Watch was IPX7. The X just meant Apple didn't bother to certify against particulates, only liquids, but it was roughly the same as the iPhone 7. If better in some ways, we'll get to in a moment. Anyway, people showered with it, even swam with it, but it really wasn't meant or rated for any of that. The Apple Watch Series 2 and on have been what Apple calls swimproof though. Yes, swimproof not waterproof. But Apple does currently list it at up to 50 meters, no IP rating given. To achieve that and to maintain a functional speaker system, Apple created a mechanism to eject the water. Yeah, clever grills. But the reason it was already better in some ways is because from the very start, the Apple Watch didn't have an exposed port. It technically has a mini lightning port, but it's all sealed up and hidden inside the band groove. And it's not accessible to anyone this side of an Apple technician who needs to do like technician-y things with it, like running diagnostics or performing a DFU, a device firmware upgrade. And some of you already know where this is heading, don't you? Yeah, rumor has it, Apple may be removing the lightning port from a future iPhone. Probably not this year, but maybe as soon as next year. Not to replace it with USB-C, no, God no. I've already done a whole video on that and I'll drop a link for it in the description, but to kill it, just to watch it die. Or as I have no doubt it appears on some report somewhere to reduce potential points of hardware failure, just like they did when they replaced the physical home button with the virtual one on the iPhone 7 before replacing it entirely with gestures on the iPhone 10. And when they deleted the headphone jack on the same iPhone 7 and announced their first IP67 rating. But would Apple go to that extreme and make the iPhone 12 or more likely iPhone 13 as swimproof as the Apple Watch? Well. No, because nobody is really that interested in swimming with their iPhones. And here's that Shyamalan was a ghost the whole time plot twist. What people may be interested in doing is taking underwater photographs and videos with their iPhone, even if it's limited by depth and time. That's the kind of feature it's easy to see getting stage time, camera time, whatever time. It'd make for one hell of a demo. Tap a button, it goes into underwater mode. The phone turns off multi-touch to prevent accidental interactions, just like the watch does. And then you can use the volume down button to change modes and the volume up button to take photos or to start and stop video. Maybe with the computational water mode that does for the depths what night mode does for the darkness, just turn murkiness into magic. Then click the power button a bunch of times, the speakers spit and everything else comes right back on. Would you want that? Let me know. I mean, people have been using their iPhones to take photos and shoot video underwater for years already. And many have been just fine, but others have failed because they were just never made or intended for that. But what if they could be? Now, would Apple ever do this? Could Apple ever do this? I honestly don't know. It's obviously way easier for me to talk about it than for Apple's engineering team to actually pull it off. And I'm okay with that because it turns out you can actually put a number on how much you don't know. And when you learn something new, you can change your beliefs about what you know. There's a mathematical formula for it even. And Brilliant will teach you the cutting edge mathematics you need for it, like information theory, Bayesian networks and casual inference, all in an extremely accessible way without calculations getting in the way. Just an emphasis on applying these ideas to deal with all the uncertainty in all of our lives these days. Brilliant's a website and app with over 60 interactive courses in math, science, 
computer science, logic and deduction, physics, quantum mechanics, game theory, cryptocurrency, and so much more. The courses are laid out like a story and broken down into pieces so that you can tackle them a little bit at a time. There are no tests, no grades. Just pick a course based on what you're interested in and get started. And if you make a mistake, who cares? Just check out the explanations and find out more. Go to brilliant.org slash Renee Ritchie and sign up for free. Just click on the link in the description or go to brilliant.org slash Renee Ritchie and the first 200 of you can level up with 20% off the annual premium subscription. And clicking that link really helps out the channel. Thanks, Brilliant. Thanks to all of you for your support. Check out my iPhone 12 playlist for more and see you next video.